All right, fruition. This is going to be a good Sunday. It's already been a great Sunday. Jesus has been glorified. I know in my heart and your heart, he's been lifted up. And he said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto himself. He said he'd do that. If we do that, he would be the one that receives the glory. And so we do that in the house. Oh, thank you. <laughs> my grandson's going, Jeepa. <laughs> we got it. We forgot to dismiss the children. Now that's just that's till fifth grade and under. <laughs> so I gotta make that clarification. Fifth grade and under, y'all can go ahead and head out with Pastor Nathan, children's church kicking in. <laughs> I gotta clarify the children because as I said, I've said many times, you don't read anywhere in scripture where it talks about the adults of God. They're, they're not there. Study it. I've have Oh, I didn't make it. That was close. Um, anyhow, it's only the, uh, we're all God's children. He's our father. And he relates to us accordingly. And so let me ask you, I'm just wondering, is there anybody in here besides me that likes fruit? Or am I the only one? You raise your hand. <laughs> we got some, whoa, whoa. Okay, that, that kind of that goes to my next question. Um, is there anybody here that eats fruit on like a regular basis, like like daily? Look at you, good man. I need to take a picture and show everybody online how incredible. Wow, I love that. Okay, now how about like daily? Like you're a daily fruit eater. If you don't get your fruit that day, you're in trouble. <laughs> okay, now by the way, I'm not talking, now we got to clarify here. So we're not talking about blueberry Pop-Tarts. That's not fruit. Let's be honest. I eat fruit every day. I like strawberry Pop-Tarts and blueberry Pop-Tarts. I like fruit roll-ups. They're really good too. Um, strawberry shortcake. That's one of my favorites. I'm all, ooh, some little whipped cream on top. It's good. Or, or any strudel, apple strudel. I'm like, hey, it's fruit, right? So we're not, we're not talking about that type of fruit. We're talking about the actual fruit. And, and I got to say, didn't that buffer just make the fruit, those, those crisp colors come alive? I was sitting here thinking, what would it be like? I don't know. If we had some fruit in the house today, and you could see this red, delicious apple. And I know that all of us are told we're supposed to eat fruits and vegetables, uh, at, you know, daily. We're supposed to get our daily nutrition through that. And I want to say we just came out of a series, of, we, we just came out of a time of fasting and prayer. And I want to tell you, fruit was my friend. <laughs> it is my friend, but it was really my friend. Fruit and vegetables were my friend. And so I thought, hey, what a, what a great time to come out of fasting and come into feasting and talking about fruit. And so as we think about fruit and we think about what that looks like and how it's supposed to be so good for us, um, I got to ask one more question on fruit because we like it. We, I've, obviously, there are many of you think it's wonderful. Have any of you here ever had fruit go rotten sitting in your refrigerator or on your counter? <laughs> okay, in the same vein. Have any of you ever had little Debbie cakes or some type of cake go bad sitting in your cupboard at all? <laughs> Somehow, it's like, this kid gets, it's like, it looks good over there, and it's not even plastic, you know? Watch, I'm going to prove to y'all. Some of y'all, somebody asked me what the price, I'm like, 
Home. 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 Let me help you out. You know what? That was one for me. And because I love you, I'm going to take one for y'all. Okay, here we go. Okay, I think mine was better, but it's all right. I don't mean to mess. Mean hey, just so you know, by the way, um, everybody knows that was the fruit that Adam and Eve ate, so I don't want y'all to have it. Um, they ate the apple. No, what an apple. We know that. We don't know what it was, but... Um, I thought, I'm not going to do that to y'all. On your way out, we have apples for everybody. Y'all can grab one. We have Red Delicious Gale. Y'all can get those on your way out. But right now, I've got a few moments. I just want to go over this thing. We're going to be looking at, for the next few weeks, um, looking at this thing of the fruit of the Spirit. And just like fruit, when we eat natural food, it's helpful and it's healthy in our lives. Well, the fruit of the Spirit is just as healthy to our spirit. <coughs> oh, excuse me, an apple. <laughs> I guess I should have planned that. <laughs> y'all are having way too much fun with this. Um, um, y'all laugh. I'm choking and y'all. I'm worried about y'all. <laughs> I was so excited for y'all. And then you're like, oh, they like fruit. And then I started choking. Like, ah, it's good. Watch him. It's good. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm, I'm excited because, see, God wants to grow his fruit inside of us. He wants us to have this fruit. He wants us to live on this fruit. He wants, us to, he wants to produce this fruit in us, which is what fruition means. It means the ability to produce fruit. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. I want to look at it real quick. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. If you have your Bibles, you can open them. If not, we'll display it right here on the screen. Those at home, you'll be able to see it as well. And it says this, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit. And by the way, before I go on, it doesn't say the fruits of the Spirit. Not, not plural. It says the fruit of of the Spirit is. It doesn't say the fruits of the Spirit are, for you English majors that love all that. It's the fruit of the Spirit is, meaning it's one Holy Spirit that produces many different flavors in us. And so we're going to look at some of those. But it goes on to say the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control, gentleness and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And so as we kick off this, I do want to do something first. I want to do a little groundwork um, as we go into looking at producing fruit and developing that. And um, I want us to to think about um, when we're looking at this and when we're going through this, um, it's not our fruit. So this isn't my fruit, it's God's fruit that's developed in me. So it can't be developed on my own. I can't have this to the measure that I have it without the Holy Spirit doing his work in me. And what that means is I can't do his part and he can't do my part. We both have a part to play. And if we look at it, when we think about growing fruit, you have, if I were to ask you how many of you grow fruit at your house, anybody have any orange trees or lemon trees or 
other trees and blueberries and raspberries and strawberries and other berries and all these wonderful things. So if, if we looked at it and said, if you had to grow just your own and that's all you got to eat, you got to think somebody else produced that for you. I didn't grow this, I'm going to be honest. I went and bought it and I just enjoyed it. The same thing is true I can't work to make this happen. I can yield myself to allow the Holy Spirit to do this in me. As a matter of fact, what happens is I need this fruit in me because I have a lot of other things in me that want to grow. I don't know about you, but it's listed. We're going to back up a few verses in Galatians chapter 5, which, by the way, I absolutely, if you've never read the letter that Paul wrote to Galatia, the Galatians, it is all about freedom. It is all, about, it's all in there. It breaks it all down. It's like people that think they can follow the law and they can cut themselves, they can do all kinds of things and by the exterior uh, activity that, they, that looks religious, that somehow they can be made right with God, it debunks all of that. And it says, no, it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit that anything's gonna be accomplished in us that's gonna have lasting and eternal effects. And so as we look at this, I want us to back up just a little bit in Galatians chapter five and starting in verse 13, we're gonna look there real quick and it goes on to say this. You, my brothers and sisters, right here, and those that are watching us online, were called to be free. In other words, God said, man, I don't want you bound up. I don't want stuff being stuck in you and you stuck in stuff. He said, you're called to be free. That's what I want you to do. I want you to experience the freedom, the joy of what that looks like of being in right relationship with him. And he says, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Ooh. Rather serve one another humbly in love. He goes on to say, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Like hold it, the whole Old Testament. If you can do this one thing, it's all wrapped up in there and it says, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So we've got to be careful then that these, these attitudes can to develop in us. And if we're not careful, we begin to cause those. They'll begin to cause us to act differently in a way that God never intended for us to do. It won't be freedom. It'll bring more bondage on us. It goes on to say, verse 16, that's why he says, so I say, understanding all that, that I don't want to bite and devour each other. I want to experience this freedom. Walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify um, the desires of the flesh. Now, as I have been walking this journey for, I don't know, not nearly as many, long as some of you, for 36 years, um, I've recognized that people get some strange ideas about walking by the Spirit. I remember years ago, one of our um, founding pastor, Calder Kenny, who's now in heaven with Jesus, called her. Shared the, he would share the story one day when he was going to be real spiritual and he was going to let God make all of his decisions. And so he was riding down here on 341 and, and he was going to eat lunch and he was asking, okay, God, where do you want me to eat? <laughs> like he's going to let God, just you tell me where I'm supposed to eat. And he said he kept driving and he didn't hear anything and he went past everything. And he's like, 
uh-oh, I didn't hear anything. So he had to come back. Okay, God, where do you want me to eat? And he said he finally heard the Lord say, eat where you want to. I don't care. And he yelled. There's some people that will get so super spiritual and hyper spiritual that it's like, I don't know where to eat. And it's this way. That's not walking in the spirit. That's having the flesh saying, it, I'll say this, it is comical, but it is like, hey, I want to subject everything and surrender everything to him. But really, it's more along the lines of staying engaged, that we don't check out. That I'm always available, I'm always open, I'm not so locked into my own thing and what I have going on, that I'm fully cognitively aware that the Holy Spirit has full control and at any moment he can check me or call me on something and he's the one that can tell me hey what are you going to eat there I've shared with you a few years back that I was in this predicament myself I was going I had time to eat lunch I was going to go grab it and I pulled up in the area over there there was a crystal which is one of my favorites I know some of y'all gross on that but for for people like me who grew up on 25 cent crystals they're still my jam anyhow my wife's like, mm -mm, we ain't doing that. Um, so anyhow, I, was, I pulled up. It was one that is now no longer there by, by Walmart. And I was going, and then I thought, oh, man, I don't want that really. So then I thought, oh, look, there's Larry's John Simon. I'm going to go hit that one. I'm like, no, nah, I don't really want that one. So I decided, hey, I'm going to go to the Kyoto Express. I'm going to hit that one. So I, I, this took me about 25 minutes. I'm like, I'm wasting precious time. And I thought, Okay, I'm going in here. And I go in as I'm sitting in there. I hear these two women that are standing behind me. And one of them had decided to tell the story of her boyfriend who she had just come back from court seeing because he's getting sentenced. And I'm sitting here and I'm not, I'm not eavesdropping y'all. I'm just, they're talking so loud I can't help but catch this. And as I'm sitting here and they're going over and she's going, let me tell you. And then the other girl's just affirming her like, yeah, he was really bad for you. It's good. You got out of that. And everything's just going on. And I mean, giving each other, they're like, I mean, this guy, he's already crucified. I don't know what's going on in court, but he's already done. According to these two, they're judge, jury, he's over. His life is through. And as I'm sitting here listening, I'm like, man, who is this guy? My heart, man, I feel sorry for this fella. And so what happened is we ordered, and as we're sitting there waiting for our meal, I'm like, hey, <laughs> how's it going? <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm Pastor Mark. I kind of overheard you and your friend. You just came from court from, with this guy? Y yeah. She started telling me his story. And I was like, hey, you think he'd mind if I went and talked to him? Like, yeah, I guess. Go ahead. I don't care. <laughs> like, she didn't care. I'm like, okay, well, good. But as a result of that, that's the same guy, I didn't tell you the whole story, but that's the guy that I ended up finding under a bridge, I couldn't get him to come to church, who I got him to a rehab, who, who uh, last year reached out to me, called me and said, Pastor Mark, man, you're not going to believe what happened, he's, now, he's been clean and sober for two years, he's no longer on meth, he's sitting there, he's, he's about to get married in South Carolina, had a great job. But it, it started with this thing of sitting here eating this fruit. Hey, I could have sat and listened to him like, yeah, that guy is really bad. I'm sitting there going, man, that guy really needs help. And as we go through this, looking at this fruit, this is why God wants to produce this in us. Because if not, 
we'll be the ones that are doing what it says here that it talks about the flesh and says this so I will say walk by the spirit you'll not gratify desires of flesh for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit which is contrary to the flesh in other words there is this battle now I know some people take it as a good angel bad angel on their shoulder do it don't do it do it don't do it I'm telling you it's more serious than that it's moment by moment because inside we get these things that we get anxious. We get these moments that we feel less than. We feel overwhelmed, whether it's at work, whether it's at home in our relationship, wherever it is, we get these feelings of, whoo, I can't take this. And then if we're not careful, if we're not engaged, well, Lord, what are you saying? We get, we're, not, we're left with nothing but this flesh and our own devices to come up with of how we handle situations. And it goes on to say, they are in conflict with each other, so we do not do whatever you want. It says, but if you're led by the Spirit, you're not going to be under this thing we call the law that says, I got to do this, I got to do that, don't do this. It's a matter of a freedom, a journey that I get to walk with God where he supplies me with what I need to be able to accomplish what he's called me to do and what he's called you to do. And then he goes on and lists the acts of the flesh. And I'm not, don't raise your hands. We, I asked you to raise your hands about fruit. We're not asking you to raise your hands. That's what small groups are for. You can, you can sit in a, in a, across the table and talk this out with some other brothers and sisters because we do believe that uh, life change happens in small groups. Like this is great and I love it, but I know when you can sit around across from a table with somebody and you can discuss what's going on in your life and you can talk how it relates to, the, to Jesus in the Bible, it does much better. So it goes on. These are the acts, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Don't raise your hand. It's like, I did, oh no, oh yeah, that's me. Oh, I did that one too. Oh, yep, they're all in there. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. <laughs> Debauch that just sounds bad, debauchery. <laughs> all that is is sensual living. It's this thing where I just allow my flesh to have full reign, whatever feels good, I'm gonna do it. This debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, which by the way, idolatry and witchcraft, y'all ain't gonna believe this. If you study it out, it has to do with drugs. <laughs> It's pharmacia. It's where you, you allow something to take over your mind. So you take this stuff and you go, oh, I don't feel anything. It's like, yeah, it's still there. It didn't go anywhere. Anyhow, we're not going into great detail of these. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred. Now I know none of y'all would ever, ever get into that. Like, I don't know. You wouldn't be one of the ones going to, you know, like I've shared with y'all in the grocery store. You got to switch aisles real quick. Oh, I don't want to see them, you know, that kind of thing. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage never happen here. No, not going to, never. Selfish ambition, not a chance. Um, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, nah, come on, no way. Orgies and the like, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then it goes on. So Paul lays lays out the battle very clearly and the, that every one of us face, by the way. The only reason I didn't, I didn't say, I could raise my hand, yep, 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 check, Oop, I could just go through, check, 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 check. But God said, look, I don't want that to be your focus. I don't want you to stay engaged with the flesh. Walk by the flesh and you will not fulfill the desires of the spirit. You can reverse it. If I walk by the Spirit and I stay engaged with him, he's going to be the one that checks me on these things when they come up and these opportunities this flesh wants to rule. He even, Paul even gave us 
the way in which we're to win this battle, and that is by staying tuned, in tune with what the Holy Spirit's saying and what he's wanting to do in me. Because if I stay that way, he'll continually lead, he'll continually guide. It's not a one-time thing, which there again, salvation is an eternal thing, but it keeps me going forever as I'm here on this planet. The way that I like to explain as we, this groundwork goes is this. Many people think that they are living a physical life and having a spiritual experience. And I want to tell you, that is a false thinking and philosophy. We are spirit beings that are having a physical experience, which is totally different. So if I'm just this physical being, I'm having this spiritual experience and, hey, then it's like, oh, no, not really. I'm not sure there's a God. And I get to determine everything because it's physical. And I get to determine what's spiritual, what's not. I get to determine a lot of things myself. But if, it's, if I'm a spirit being and I'm having this physical experience, then I got to recognize what, what David recognized in Psalms 139 when he said this. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, not talking about his mother's womb, that's before this, that, was, that verse is before that. Your eyes saw my unformed body. Hold it, what? <laughs> I wasn't formed yet, but God, you saw me? You saw me before I even, before you even saw the brown hair and you, before you even saw how tall I was gonna be, all of that, you saw me? It's amazing because he goes on to say, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them even came to be. You know what I get to celebrate? And you get to celebrate, we celebrate. We're not a mistake. God knew exactly what he was doing. He, was, he thought about you. You have been well thought out. He's thought and said, man, I've got this planned out for you. Now, granted, like me, some of you, may have taken the pen and decided to write a few chapters of your own that weren't written in his book. However, he's able to bring us back and is able to create within us. And so when we look at this thing of being a spiritual being rather than being a physical being, having a, a spiritual experience, and by the way, if you, want to, if you want to know more of that, the Freedom Group is a great group. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, you'll discuss more of that and talk about your, your spiritual order and thing and that's gonna be out there. I encourage you, if you have not done a Freedom Group yet, I'm gonna tell you, that's my own personal favorite, yes. It gives you a good basis to go from and it helps you get a baseline. I don't care if you've walked with, with the Lord for 40, 50 years or you've done it today. Today's your day to get saved. I'm telling you, it's a great one to go through and kind of refocus and restructure and replan. Anyhow, so when we look at that, we, it's the same thing that Jesus made reference to in John chapter 3. We're not going to 16, but before that, in John chapter 3, when he's meeting with a religious leader, many of you are familiar with, Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee, who was a teacher of religious law. Like he was the one that was supposed to know how God operated, what he did, this is what he does. And, they and he totally missed God in the flesh. But Nicodemus saw Jesus and was willing to go outside of the bounds and comforts of his own friendship and his own people. And he began to go and he said, I got to go talk to this guy. Now, he wasn't brave enough to go during the day. If you read it, we're not going to go through the whole story there. But he went to Jesus at night. Because he was afraid that if one of his friends saw him talking to this Jesus character who was messing up their whole structure and their whole religion, he's like, mm, not ready to go there yet. 
So he shows up and he begins to, he acknowledges that Jesus had done these miracles and we know you're sent from God. Nobody could do these things except for somebody that's done that. And then Jesus said, Nicodemus, unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said, what, born again? what is this born again thing? Can I, can I be born physically again? And Jesus said no. And, and John 3, 5 through 8, it says this. Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit, capital S, gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound. You cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So is everyone born of the spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit comes in and causes this new birth experience that gives me something I didn't deserve, that gives me something I didn't earn. It comes and it says, hey, I get the nature of Jesus because of what Jesus did, not because of what I did. So the first thing when we think of spirit and what this thing of receiving and walking and staying engaged with the spirit, the first thing is when I surrender my life to Christ, he gives me his life. It's an exchange. I exchange my mixed up, messed up world. And he says, hey, good. I've got these fruits I want to develop in you. I want to grow in you. And that's what we're looking at. That's what we're doing today. That's what we're starting and going on this journey. And it's amazing because when I look at it and we look at this thing of producing this fruit, going back real quickly, Galatians 5, 22 and 23 in the NLT, it says, but Going from that flesh, we talked about all those things, but, and I've taught you, when you see the word but, you forget about what comes before it. So Paul was saying, yes, I acknowledge that there's been some things that we've done. He even called himself the chief sinner. That we've done things, he said, but, this thing of staying engaged with the Spirit, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. And it goes through them, love. Man, when you think of these, think about a life that is formed and fashioned by these nine characteristics, these virtues. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Wow. Just think, that is so, just just take that fruit and let it be a part. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Control yourself. How many need that fruit to really begin to kind of burn? (laughs) Anybody that's ever tried to die, you're like, I need some help. Anybody that's ever stopped trying to, hold it, word up. Oh, stop trying to look at this thing. (laughs) Everything's right there, you know. You know, that self-control like, hey, I tell so, I've got a group of sixth graders I meet with on Thursday morning, and uh, it's 12 boys that me and Pastor Kenny Grant uh, from community, we meet with them trying to pour into these little guys. And I tell them, look, life is so much bigger than this. It's like, oh, there's a whole, there's a whole world out here. We want to stay connected that way. And so when we look at this and we talk about these beautiful fruits that the Holy Spirit wants to develop. It's no wonder that the very first one is love. It's no wonder that love is the first one because love is the catalyst that changes everything. 
It's the one thing that all of us desire. And in this world we're living in, we live in this world that has got love so mixed up, so messed up, and uh, that it's, it's got it so convoluted, it's so cheap sometimes. Like we love everything. <laughs> Somebody, they love McDonald's hamburgers if that's possible. They love, they can love anything. Like I love my phone. I love my, I, I love, I love, I love. And if we're not careful, we just make it into, I just, I just love. And the love that God wants us to experience is not just the, the, the superficial, but the unconditional. And so we know that there are many different, in America, we just have the word love. But in the Greek, we have many different words. They came up with different words for love. One of them being eros, which is the romantic, passionate love that you share between a husband and wife only. It's designed specifically for that relationship to build unity, to build uh, connection. It's that and that alone. And then we have the uh, the. One love that, that a city in America is named after, this phileo, this Philadelphia. Phileo is this brotherly love. This storge, which is this family parental love, where it's like, look, all the mamas in the house, you know, anybody touch your baby, it's going to get ugly in a hurry. <laughs> like, you could do something to me, but you touched my baby. Watch it. All the men in the house, somebody mess with my child, you, okay. I may be short, <laughs> but don't mess with my children. <laughs> it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> Afterwards, I'll ask for forgiveness. No, I'm only <laughs> But I'm just saying that this, this type of, that's the type of love that God's wanting to build and to develop and to produce in us is this agape love. And when it builds agape love, the only way that can happen is um, he wants to build that in us. You can't just naturally have it. It's something he develops in us. He produces this fruit. And how does he do it? First of all, he gives us his love. So you can't have, you can't give what you don't have. I can't give what I don't have. We can't give what we don't have. If somebody came and asked me, um, say, hey, I want this and I don't have it, I can't give that to you. You know, if they came and asked me for a dollar, I could probably help you. I'm like, yeah, I got that. I could do that. Ten, I, I can even probably help you with that. We start going up in that. I'm like, hold on, let me check my budget. Let me see what we got. Let's see where we go. Hey, can I borrow a, a $100,000? Like, sorry, you had to talk to somebody else. I ain't got that one. And so anyhow, it, it could be anything. A car, it could be a house, it could be something else that, hey, can I, bar can I get this? I don't have it to give. I can't give you what I don't have. So the very first thing that we have to do is understand that according to 1 John 4, 7 and 8, where he says, where, where John, the gospel writer, as well as the one who wrote the letters to Asia Minor here in his letter, 1 John, it says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. He goes on to say, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. So it's no wonder that the first fruit he wants to develop in us is love. He wants to shed that. He wants to cause that to grow in us so then we could share that with others. Matter of fact, 1 John, a, little, a couple verses down in verse 10, it says this is love. This is what love is. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to, uh, 
as an atoning sacrifice for our sins where we've blown it, all the works of the flesh where we just read. He came to get rid of those. He came to destroy those. And so the first thing we can only do when we come to love, we have to first receive God's love. And I want to say to everybody in this room and watching online, I know I say this a lot, but I will never stop saying it. If you're trying to work to earn God's love, you'll be miserable and you'll be like a little hamster on a wheel that wears himself out. You can do a million things. You can try, you can do all these great spiritual acts that look real good. But you, and I've talked to many people. You just don't have it in there because you haven't received it. You haven't received the fact that you've blown it real bad. And I've blown it real bad. But what Jesus did was was more than enough to pay for everything that I've ever done. That's what it says in Romans 5, 6 through 8. It says, you see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Do you catch that? It wasn't because of how good we were that God says, I can love you now. He said, no, (laughs) you're never going to be that good because his standard is perfection. But he said, I got you. While we were messing up, he said, I was still loving you. Think of Jesus on the cross while he was being beaten and he was being tortured before he got there. And he's sitting there beaten beyond recognition and he's looking out there still loving them. Every hit he took, he was loving them. And he looks out at the people, the sea of humanity, that has just beaten him so bloody and so bad. And he looks at them, and instead of going, you wait, you're going to get it. He looks at them and says a prayer. Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. And I wonder how many times you may need to hear that Jesus saying that. Father, forgive him. Forgive her. She or he doesn't even know what they're doing. It's where he comes in and demonstrates his love. He doesn't just say it, he demonstrates it. The second thing we gotta do, we gotta grow. So first we gotta receive God's love, then we gotta grow in God's love. It's something that grows in us. That's what the Holy Spirit grows in us. He gives us this opportunity. And by the way, when, you're, when, you, get, when you know if it's growing in you, you're gonna get challenged. Let me go ahead and warn you. <laughs> How do you know if you got love? That type of love, when somebody said something or does something completely contrary to what you thought they were going to do, you're like, oh, that's when you know if you've got that in there. Can you forgive? Can you? And, and I'm going to tell you, it's not easy. It's not, it's, but this is why I need the Holy Spirit to do this in me. Matter of fact, uh, John 14, 15 says this, if you love me, Keep my commands. And years ago, a few years back, it's probably been 10 years, eight years ago now that this kind of came alive to me through another pastor's teaching where that comma made all the difference. So I always read it as growing up, like if I do what I'm supposed to and I'm a good boy and I'm, and I'm a good Christian, and I'm, I'm, I'm serving and I'm helping and I'm praying and I read my Bible and I'm doing all this, God, then you'll love me. But that's not what it says. It says, if you love me, comma. And what it's saying is if you fall in love with me, if you'll allow me to love you, and if you'll allow me to demonstrate my love to you and you'll receive that, 
You'll be able to grow in the love I have for you because you'll experience that and it'll just be a natural thing. You'll want to keep my commandments. It won't be a burden. It won't be a chore. It'll be like, hold it. You mean, I don't have to worry about well, let's see here. I, I'm not worried about coveting my neighbor's stuff. I'm not looking next door going, I want that. I'm not sitting here being jealous. I'm not wanting to kill anybody. I'm not, you know, trying to, trying to commit adultery, looking outside of my marriage for any type of fulfillment. I'm like, Lord, here it's you. This love that develops within us, it's not something I have to do. It's as I love him and allow him to love me, that happens. So we've got we've to develop that and allow him to develop that in us. And then third and finally, once we receive God's love and we allow that to grow in us and we continually do that, the last thing is we've got to reciprocate God's love. So in other words, Michael W. Smith had a song years ago. We're not, I'm not going to, I'm certainly not going to sing it for you because if, huh, I'm just, I love you that much. <laughs> they even, y'all don't, I don't know if y'all know that, but Randy does a great job and the others that do the sound when they're singing, when they come up at the end. And by the way, Sam, I want you, where's Sam? Are you in now? So I'm going to ask him to come on up. We're going to take a moment. This thing of, where as when we're talking about this reciprocating, when we talk about this receiving, when we talk about this growing God's love, Michael W. Smith had the song, love isn't love until you give it away. So I can say I love somebody. And I can say, but if I, if I haven't received his love and I don't know what total forgiveness and totally loving me in the mess and state that I'm in, then I can't have the ability to do the same for somebody else. Because I'm always going to be looking at them going, why can't they do that? Why can't they do that? Why can't we? Why, why? Instead of saying, hey, let me show you. Let me walk with you. Let me take you on this journey, and I'll show you. That's what it says in 1 John 3.16. I know we know John 3.16, but did you know there's a 1 John 3.16? And it's very familiar to John 3.16. It says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to be, lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. It's gotta, it's gotta reciprocate, y'all. This is what the world's looking for. This is what people need. They don't need, listen, even this sermon, I'm, I'm so thankful, God. I spend a lot of time praying, thanking the Lord. Give me something to share that's for your people. You are the one. God, give me that. But more importantly, Lord, help me to demonstrate. Help me to show your love to this hurting world. Demonstrate that. Let me be that person. And I'll close with this, 1 John 4, 11 and 12. It says, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. We ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. It develops. You know, some of the hardest things to do is love the people closest to you. Because I said this last week when we were talking and uh, finishing up on prayer. But our family sometimes can hurt us the most because we love them the most. If you didn't care, if somebody did, you wouldn't care. Like, oh, well, there's things that happen all the time. You watch the news and things happen and you're not moved by it. You're not sitting and go, oh, oh, that's bad. Oh, you just watch it. But when it's something that happens to you, you go, ouch. And so God's called us 
to first receive his love. The Holy Spirit wants to grow that in us so then we can demonstrate that to others. And I thought this morning, what would be a great opportunity to take and receive a little bit this morning? Take a moment right now. Take just a moment, set everything down. Don't, I mean, I know some people, you, you might have lunch plans. Take just a minute. I get that. Take a moment. And I want you to just do an evaluation right now, sitting right here. And see, is there any dis-ease? Is there anything that's happening inside of you right now that's causing this love that God wants to demonstrate in you? Is there anything in you that's kind of, mm, kind of, pulling it away and and are there other things that have taken over is there some anger is there some bitterness is there some resentment are there some things maybe there's something that some of you have gotten a diagnosis that has said that's too big for God maybe you've gotten some news from a from somebody close to you and they said I don't want to be around you no more or maybe you've maybe you've experienced something from a, one of your best friends just said, you know what? They said or did something that was so contrary. They just stabbed you in the back. Maybe you've had a, a business partner. Maybe you've, you've experienced something that has said, mm-mm. And it's robbed you. Something somebody said or something somebody did has robbed you of the ability to say, I'll never trust or I'll never do that again. Never going to, and it closed you down. Take just a moment. I want us to do a little evaluation. Jesus, you told us that thieves come to kill, steal, and destroy. But Lord, you said you came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. And Lord, we can only have that through what you've done and who you are. In and of ourselves, Lord, we fall short all the time. Lord, we're constantly reminded that we're not enough, that we don't have enough. But, Lord, in you and through you, Lord, you're more than enough. Lord, I pray right now for each person in this room, in this auditorium, Lord, those who are watching online, that, Lord, today, right now, they'd experience your love in a very powerful, tangible way that would transcend every lie they believed, every wrong they've committed, everything where they've, Lord, totally blew it. Lord, that's why you came, not because of how good we are, but because of how good you are. You love us that much. Lord, I thank you right now for doing a precious work on the inside so that it will reflect on the outside, that we don't have to fake it. We don't have to pretend we get to receive God, I thank you right now for blessing each person. And Lord, I do pray for those who are hurting right now because of, Lord, pain in their body and stuff that's going on right now, physical things that are happening in their body. Lord, things that are happening in their mind, anxiety, depression, those things that are weighing heavy. Lord, I do thank you, Holy Spirit, as we continue to go through this series, Lord, that, Lord, you'd begin to develop these things. You would grow these things in a greater way, starting with love. 
love for you, love for others, and even love for ourselves. You said love our neighbors as we love ourselves. God, thank you right now for blessing each one. That your love does carry me.